Good morning, all you wonderful people tuning in one more time to a time in the Word of God. Exciting time, exciting time of the year. It's a year of, uh, you know, a lot of things going on, but again, we are circling around that time of Christmas where we all get to um, be, as, a, as we should be, full of joy and great expectations. I'm calling this Great Expectations. And so one thing I was excited about is um, old Mr. Santa Claus. Maybe not the way you think of him, because he was actually called St. Nicholas at one time uh, in Germany. I know we uh, um, used to call him that, and, and uh, you know, he used to do a lot of great things. He's not the Santa Claus that we see uh, nowadays and, and uh, uh, you know, put people lift up and sit on his knee and all those kind of things. It's not like that. And uh, what is so exciting about him is he loved the Lord Jesus Christ and he loved the truth about Jesus Christ. So I'm challenging you today, would, would Santa Claus, uh, the commercialized Santa Claus, uh, not, not, not him, but the, would Santa Claus have something on you concerning the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you understand how, how he valued the things of God? I'm going to read you something that really just uh, rocked my boat. Um, this artist is called, is, um, is called, This is Why I Love Santa Claus. He's all about Jesus. St. Nicholas of Myra strikes Arius in the face at the Council of Nicaea for denying the deity of Christ. Santa Claus loves you, but he loves the truth of who Jesus is more than, and he's willing to throw hands. He's out there giving the guy a tap on the face. Santa Claus was briefly imprisoned for the violent action and temporarily stripped of his position as bishop. But while he maintained the position that Arius um, was a flaming heretic, he repented for resorting to physical violence so that he was forgiven and fully reinstated as a bishop. I think that's pretty cool. You know, so many people uh, misinterpret what he did or what he's all about. And so I challenge you this morning is... Um, when we look at the Christmas story, is there something in our life that is missing? Have we gone over to, wow, it's all about shopping. Wow, it's all about, you know, the kids coming home for Christmas. All of those are nice and uh, important. You know, the size of the gift and, you know, all these things that we get concerned about. And what are we going to eat? And and uh, all these things that, uh, you know, you see Mary and Martha. Martha running around the kitchen and uh, being concerned about everything. And then there was Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus or soaking in the word of God, soaking in the truth of the person of Jesus Christ sitting there in front of her, desiring him more than anything on this planet. Well, again, what Mary, uh, Martha was doing was uh, all honorable and nice but that's secondary. She could have said, no way am I going to miss out on an opportunity to know the king, on an opportunity to spend time with him, just like my, my sister Mary is. I'm going to leave the cooking for the maids or somebody else. I'm sitting to listen to Jesus. And we find ourselves in the same position today with Christmas again. And there's a lot of, you know, you just have to go online and, you know, half the guys are saying, don't celebrate Christmas and it's a pagan thing. Did you know, if I was the devil, I would make sure a pagan was born on every day. 365 different pagans or false gods and all that. And then anytime a Christian would want to worship on any day, it's like, whoa, you can't worship today because it's a pagan holiday, you know. And guess what? Christianity actually came first. 
Christianity and the hanging of wreaths on the door well preceded some of this uh, uh, stuff that's going on. But uh, uh, And so don't get, get uh, dismayed. We aren't worshiping any demons or anything like that. We're worshiping the birth of our Savior, whether it was exactly on the 25th. There's, there's again, there's like another dividing line there. Was it on the 25th? And s some people point to this, some people point to that. I don't care. I'll celebrate in July. You know, even the days of the week. Did you know that um, people that worship on Saturday, well, Saturday was named after Saturn, and Sunday was named after the sun god, and every single day was named after some kind of entity out there. So there's no days of the week left to worship God. Isn't that what the devil wants us to major on? I say no. I say a thousand times no. So let's stay with the Christmas message. Let's get excited about one thing and get the devil all mad because we are here to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did. And so we can go back to, um, we already covered this from the angels that came down in Luke chapter 2, verse 9 to 13. You know, first the angels were there, and I can read it to you. It says, And behold, the angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone all about them, and they were terribly frightened. So, <laughs> you know what? The angels, I don't know if they thought, wow, that was kind of overload to the people, because there was so, the, heaven is so exciting the, the, the angels that spend all their time, you know, I mean, they go to and fro and all that, but the angels that spend time up there, of course, it's, you know, they're depicting what it's like. And the Bible says it can be as days of heaven on the earth. No, we're not going to make this earth great uh, as the whole planet before Jesus comes, but in our lives. That's what the whole essence was. Jesus never attacked the Roman government and they were doing some nasty stuff during the time when Jesus was a little baby in a manger and, and beyond then. You know, they were doing stuff. Anyways, it goes on in verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the angels of heaven, of the host of heaven, a heavenly knighthood praising and thanking God. A whole army shows up. So it wasn't just a few little messenger angels. It was a whole shooting match. Every angel that that was in the vicinity, I guess, was there singing and praising and magnifying God. I think that's a pretty good, cool indication of what the church should be like, what our life should be like in Christ Jesus. If the excitement uh, that was mustered that day was... Um, was so radiant and so full of joy. What in the world are we doing as a church and as a congregation? I believe we've got to be like Saint Nicholas, go back and even throw hands to make sure that we're celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ on the level that he deserves our attention and adoration. It's all about Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's not the only account in the um, that that would give us great joy to be excited look at this one here in luke chapter 1 verse 41 and it occurred that when elizabeth heard mary's greeting the baby leaped in her womb and elizabeth was filled with and controlled by the holy spirit hallelujah amen and she cried out with a loud cry and exclaimed blessed Favored of God above all other women are you, and blessed favored of God is the fruit of your womb. So little baby John, John the Baptist, was excited even as a babe. How is that even possible? That Well, what it is, is the 
the anointing that was on Jesus, which he left us. Look at John chapter 17. He gave us his glory. He gave us, he uh, anointed us with the Holy Spirit and power. Yes, he's a head and he was anointed, but where the head goes, we go. And so this baby was uh, full of the power of God. I mean, it was God in flesh, God incarnate. He stripped himself of uh, certain attributes that made him God up there, came as a servant to fulfill the plans of righteousness so that he could get you into the body of Christ. So you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you would be radiant with joy, with excitement, with zeal for the things of God. Don't sell it short. Don't just end up somewhere and, well, we're going to go see the Christmas play and not be shaken in your to the inner core of your being of excitement and zeal and fire for the things of God. Don't let, well, you know, that, you know, just have another 20 sermon, minute sermon and, and just the same old, same old. Come on, all of us. It's not up to the pastor. It's all of us walking into our church buildings, being the radiant, radical church of God. The ones that are excited about things of God. Don't wait like like the back a few years ago. They had a doll called uh, Tickle Me Elmo. And you had to lift up a shirt and press a belly button and the thing would laugh. Well, that's what we're always waiting for. No, no, we're waiting for somebody to stir us up. No, you be the one stirred up. Whatever church you go to that preaches Jesus Christ, the full gospel, the one that talks about the anointing and healing and setting the captives free and giving to the poor, the one that brings a radiant life alive, get into a building like that and you be the catalyst of joy. You be the excited one and you'll see hot coals create other hot coals. Just like gossip and slander causes the other people to be full of uh, suspicion and all these different things. And so be full of excitement and zeal this morning for the things of God. Just like the angels were. I mean, not, if there was ever an account of the church being this struggling, weak, poor, sad thing, and Christians are supposed to be weak, poor, and sad, then maybe we should head down that alley. But I don't think so. I want to follow the original plan. I want to say, Mr. Nicholas, that's, you know, the Council of Nice is where they actually assembled the Bible, led by the Holy Spirit. You know, so Mr. Nicholas, St. Nicholas was adamant that they don't de deviate from the truth of the scriptures and was ready to throw fists. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I stand up for the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. The joy that uh, we see in the angels and Johnny the Baptist. Well, he, that's not all. There's also another guy by the name of Simeon. Oh, oh we could go there. Everybody. I mean, joy, joy scriptures are about as, as regular and should be observed. And, and, you know, let's say you don't have joy today. Folks, it's a, just a turning of your de heart's desire. Just a make a decision that this is the last day of being grumpy and sad. Get into the word of God and you can't but, uh, you can't but be joyful. You can't, but you can't sit there and say, well, the angels came down with great joy. That's really nice. I have problems in 2023. That doesn't work. The Spirit of God would say, well, for even Jesus had problems, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He showed us the pattern. Remember Psalm 118, they sang that after they had the supper, the last supper. And one of the verses is, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. 
knowing that he's going to be crucified in a few weeks later. Uh, oh, I'll tell you, folks, he set the pattern. Didn't Jesus weep? Yeah, he wept. Shortest scripture, Jesus wept. <laughs> and um, you know why he wept? Because he looked at Jerusalem. See, the Bible says in First uh, John chapter uh, 10 to 12, he says, he came to his own, but his own received him not. He who made the world, he who divided everything, wanted, born again, fired up radical believers, came to his own, Israel, and his own didn't receive him. Wow. That's why Jesus wept. He's not a miserable person. Read John 17. You will see how excited he was. My joy I give to them. You know, that was his desire. He didn't say, okay, the same sorrow, I'm going to pass it on down the line. No, a thousand times no. See, artists in, you know, in the Renaissance era and the Dark Ages, uh, you know, when some of these paintings were made of, of uh, you know, Jesus and, the, you know, they, they're, they're doing their their work on the cathedrals and stuff like that. Did you know the Bible was changed to the pulpit at that time? So yes, those people had a handicap, but again, somebody could have busted loose. I know there was fines if you had a Bible, but you know what? Somebody could have started. Somebody could have turned the dark ages into light before their time. I'm sure of it. We can't say, well, it was, you know, grass was greener back then or was better back then. No, they had issues. They had the Bible chained to the pulpit. They had no, the only word content they had is whatever the priest would, would give over the pulpit that Sunday or whenever they met. You know, it was, to me, that's miserable because when you absorb the word of God, it becomes part of you. It's your life. It's your light. When you meditate on the word of God, it'll show you things to come. He will lead you into all truth. And, the, you know, how did the dark ages start? Um, you know, it was one of those things where where the evil triumphed over goodness, and it shouldn't have it. it, it we see it all through the Word of God, where where you know Israel, you know they when they came out of the the uh, the land where God freed them from the Egyptian, they were loaded down with every uh, financial benefit. They walked up to the Egyptian and says, "Give us your gold." You know, how many would do that nowadays? Okay, we'll do that. We'll give you our gold. And the Bible says there was not one feeble one amongst them. You know, it didn't take him long, though. In the wilderness, the first complaint came. The first argument, the first, uh, you know, then came the golden calf and, and all that wonderful gold that they, they, they had gathered to build a glorious house for God. Uh, some of that went into that cow that they were worshiping. So you could see they left the message. They lost the great expectations of what it was all about, a Savior coming down. And the, the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So his kingdom is in every born-again believer. Are you going to take the challenge and turn on the afterburners? Are you going to take the challenge to get off the pew and dance, get excited for the things of God? Or is it just about going through the motions and then Christmas is over and then comes another year? Come on, folks, we can get excited. Watch this here. It says in... Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 28, it says, Simeon took him up in his arms. So Simeon was uh, constantly in that uh, temple area. He had a, made a deal with God. 
and it's going to come out here. He spoke to God. He was an honorable man. And when Jesus came to be circumcised by Mary and Joseph, Simeon took him in his arms and praised and thanked God and said, I can see him lifting up. And now, Lord, you have released your servant to depart. Leave this world. You know, I mean, he's an older guy. He didn't have to, but that's what he desired. His deal with, with God was, show me the consolation of Israel. Show me, you know, what is a, you know, what is, we're a mess. Israel's a mess. You know, we have Pharisees and Sadducees. They were sad, you see. You know, they were running around and like Jesus says, they are all thieves and liars that went before me. All taking a portion of the Bible and patting their own pockets without getting the captives free. And setting people free. That's what it's all about. Jesus came for the prostitutes, came for the drug dealers, came for the for the hurting people, came for the sick, came for those, not the ones that are, you know, snobbish and, and high-minded and uh, don't desire God because they've already taken, you know, the money out of the church or have, have patted their own uh, wallets and built big houses for themselves, minus Jesus. And so he comes for those that are mourning. He came to give life and life more abundantly. Life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. So Simeon says, hey, I'm going to leave this world. We've got to deal with you, God. Just show me before I die. And so, you know, his heart, it was his decision what he wanted to do. His heart, obviously he wasn't sick, but he just decided, I want to go. Now, Lord, you have released your servant to depart, leave this world in peace according to the word. Can you imagine Simeon? He gets on the other side and he sees Israel rejects Jesus. Headlines, Israel rejects the Messiah to, to, to a great part. Obviously, Jesus had followers, but he came to his own and his own received him not. I could see Simeon saying, oh man, maybe I would have stuck around because I see. What did he see? He says, for with my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. Uh, found out of Isaiah 52, verse 10, one of the greatest prophets that talks about the greatness of what has happened here at Christmas. He says, uh, when he has seen with his own eyes the salvation. What does salvation mean again? It means, number one, uh, that you are born again, that you are uh, you are turned from darkness to light, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He has given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He said that our sins are... are uh, cast away. Um, he took them all on the cross. All these wonderful things he became, we can became born again by what he did and made possible. But the word salvation also means healing, safety, soundness, deliverance, and security. All of these, whether you've ever walked in those or not, whether you've ever heard a preacher preach or not, they will be in the word salvation until, well, forever. The word salvation is not going to alter. So that's the mind of God. Let's give him the full package. Let's tell him everything that came to this world. And I could, I could, uh, I've got a list here of, of different healings that have happened just in our little church. I know there's, there, the body of Christ is divided. There's a group that says everything's passed away. And there's any other group that, as I heard last night, oh, this lady, you know, they, the, 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 the uh, child was a mute and all of a sudden it could speak and it spoke because the vocal cords were never used. The, 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 the words that they were saying were like, Jesus, 
was really high until the vocal cords get developed and the ears could hear and the blind eyes could see. I was listening to these testimonies and a child without a kidney um, because they stayed with the word of God against doctors saying, you're pushing the envelope or you're, you're, um, your child's never going to have what it needs. Yet these parents went and stood on the word of God and surely, surely, uh, inch by inch, they said, uh, they went the long road of recovery. But I'll tell you what, it became, it, I'll tell you what, from a baby that needed all the um, uh, different things that it needs when it doesn't have kidneys, all the different tubes to being a fully healed child because a man of God refused to compromise, stayed with the Word of God. This family heard him and they chose to believe the Word of God. So again, if Simeon saw that, he saw the great salvation with his own eyes and he saw what uh, could happen if you believe God. So I'm telling you what, I'm not going to leave nothing on the table. I hope you don't either. Don't leave anything behind because, well, you know, I don't want to stir up controversy. Well, I don't want to do this or that. Or, you know, it's always been this way and my grandma died sick and all that. Folks, go back to the Christmas story and extract. Speed, uh, squeeze Jesus like a sponge. Like it says in John chapter 1. They gazed upon them, which means they looked at every aspect of this light of the world and they would not let go. That's how the book of Acts was formed. Signs, wonders, miracles, new birth, infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful. Anyways, that's all the time I have for you today. Uh, just read, uh, go and read Isaiah 52 verses 7 to 13. You will see again how wonderful... Um, the gospel is this is what Simeon knew how wonderful it's all wonderful it's just we as a church have left things at the cross or left them on the table at Christmas thought it was more important to get the bird eat the bird the turkey than the word and that has hurt people tremendously but you can turn it around for your family you can make this the greatest Christmas ever anyways God bless you. If you have any more questions, call us at 250-862-3044. We would love to share more of the good gospel with you. Have an amazing day.